You guys ready? Yep. <laughs> I really do love that now. Uh, that one was really easy. You just, but but you booped your microphone on your way to the glass. Oh, sorry. Oh, there it well, was again. We got to skip the squeakies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This time I won't. I'll pour it further away. We didn't talk about a bit, Allison. Julie, those bits always happen organically. They're never planned in advance. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I know, I know what I would like to say. Okay. <laughs> I would like to apologize <laughs> to all of our very faithful fans for my um, incredible drunkenness last week. Uh, it came on me really quickly, as I'm sure you all heard. Um, all of a sudden, I was crying about Tobias Menzies, and then I don't really remember much after that, you guys. When I listened to the episode, I felt shame. <laughs> so I want you to know, I don't have a problem, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I would also like to apologize for something. In the last episode, I was very fired up about um, uh, some general ideas I have about mm, fiction and adaptation and... Um, stuff like that. And I think I may have implied that if you hate Frank, you didn't read the books carefully and maybe are kind of stupid. And I want to make it clear. I don't think you're stupid. I don't think you read the books incorrectly. You're just wrong about Frank. <laughs> that's <laughs> a non-pology. I know. Well, it is. And I mostly said that because I thought it would be funny, which it was because you both laughed. So fuck you. But, um, but in all sincerity, like, in all sincerity people have different reactions to different characters it makes perfect sense i will also say that the um the show is more sympathetic to frank than the books are and mm -hmm. anyway um yeah so i don't think that any of you is watching the show wrong or reading the books wrong i just am a big proponent for giving uh characters who aren't totally vile the benefit of the doubt um, and trying to see things from their perspective. And um, I guess that makes me kind of an asshole. <laughs> so, well, you were way better at it this week than I was. We'll get to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Janine, do you have anything you want to apologize for? Uh, I guess for that entire season when I didn't have a mic. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of good feedback, you guys. Thank you. We're really Janine glad that you want to hear from Janine. Janine has his own mic and his own track. Yeah. Now. So we're like, we're moving on up. We're going to have to do a spinoff show that's just Janine and the mic. You know, I, when I was doing, when I went to the Eclipse with Molly and we were talking about like podcasts, I was like, you know, I, maybe I could do my own podcast. But then I realized it would just be me singing and being really belligerent. <laughs> And, oh, you mean exactly like this show? Yeah, just but at nothing. There'd be no like guy purpose I to it. I think that I think that calls for a little musical number. Are you ready? Yeah, it's a it's a reprise. Doom hut, 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 doom hut. Why do dooms fall in huts? There's gonna be another. Okay, you're a musical person. Yeah. Reprise, reprise. How do you say it? Reprise. There's Some people say reprise. There's going to be another reprise in this one too. But I'm going to save it for the moment when it happens. There is. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. um, welcome to Poland. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're not even drunk yet, you guys. I was guys. trying to find a way to transition that would be funny, but there isn't one because I stopped being funny in November of 2016. Welcome to Pilander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hey. And today we are talking about the fourth episode of the third season of Outlander, Outlander Book Three, as they call season three on the Stars Press site. Julie, what episode is that? Of Lost things. Uh, we had mixed reactions to this one, mixed within ourselves and also a little bit mixed separately. So this should be a pretty saucy conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, some of you have already reached out to express your frustration. And without further ado, I'm going to share one of those sentiments. <laughs> We're gonna, this is called read the fans. Where's my fan? <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not reading the fans. The fans are reading the show. We're reading their reads. Okay. From our- Read Inception. From our dear, faraway friend of the fictional name, Jen Lander Drunklin, uh, sent 14 hours ago. So I think she must have started watching this basically as soon as it was She stayed up, up to watch it at midnight. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Love you. Kids were asleep. Oh, yeah. Oh. Special mom time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Lame, 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 lame. Grr. Not on principle and storyline. Just make me believe it first. Please. <laughs> Which I think is pretty fair. Mm -hmm. um, Especially for one moment. Yes. That we all burst and out laughing. And then I was like, uh, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> there was no context. She said, new episode. And I said, oh, well, we haven't watched yet. She said, they come out Saturday nights, but it seems like nobody is talking about them until Sunday. Tried to stay cryptic. Congratulations, you stayed really cryptic. <laughs> um, we uh, have gotten to a point where um, I will absolutely never mute the account of one of our followers. If you're listening to the show, tweet about whatever you want. I'm not going to make it so I can't see what you say. However, I have been going through just our Outlander feed and muting people who basically just tweet Outlander spoilers, um, who we don't have a connection with, um, to try to save Julie from getting certain things spoiled for her. But she knew all about Willie. I did. So and it's, it, I, I can't help it. First of all, I'm smart. <laughs> Secondly, I hear things, people say things, I read things, it's clear. Well, I've been trying to th keep things a secret from you, you know, mm -hmm. like, and some secrets are just walking around and, and some sires, they stamp their get. So... <laughs> <laughs> So. That's a line from the show. <laughs> it was, I imagined because it was yeah. very specific. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to be stamped like that. Ooh. Stamp it. Stamp it. Mm. Vocabulary words. All right. So we open up with the little title card and it's two very manly feet with a pile of wood chips betwixt them. Somebody's whittling. And then you, you pan up to the hands and they look like the hands of a person that could flick your bean so well that mm -hmm. you'd be screaming for more in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's whittling a little fat snake, which we've seen before. And they also look like the legs of a weak semen. I'm just mm -hmm, saying. Mm -hmm. But I bet they'd look better if they were covered in blood. Oh, agreed. Um, hey, if you if you don't watch the little bonus things after the episode, um, you should because they're interesting. And the one this week, bless him, just bless him. It was like he watches the sh well, watches the show, listens to the show, and was doing a little Easter egg for us. Uh, but in this, in the bonus footage, there's this little clip of Sam Hewan going, finally, I'm not the one covered in blood and mud. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> somebody else is covered in mud, not mm -hmm. blood. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but 
But you do it so well. But it, you wear it well. Nobody does it better. All right. So then we flash to Scotland, 1968. And uh, all of a sudden, we're in the show Homeland. And there's yarn and pieces of paper and pictures and Claire Danes crying in a corner. Not really. But they are trying to piece together Jamie's history. And it really does look like her wall in Homeland. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little bit also like the windows in Scandal. <laughs> yeah. Very. So we have Claire, her daughter Brianna, and walking Roger. turtleneck Roger. <laughs> you know, he is I so adorable. I wasn't sure when he was first cast, um, just based on photos. I was like, well, he's good looking, but I don't know. And then in, you know, his soul episode last year, I was like, okay, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. And this episode, I was like, no, all right, I get it. He's charming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are digging into a whole bunch of dusty tomes, looking for the name James Martin Alexander, blah, 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 Fraser. We all know it's James name. Alexander Malcolm McKenzie McDoodle? Fraser. No, that's no, there's no McDougal. See, that's right. That's just Dougal. And he's the and he's the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so there Oh, it's too bad he's dead. You wanna know why? Because then it would be the return of the Mac. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. I had to go for it. Anyway, continue. So, so they are um researching his past because Brianna, Claire's daughter, Jamie's daughter, has decided that she's going to help her mother go back through the stones to see her father again. And um, they're having a kind of a hard time. They can't find him past the prison. They can't find... They they sort of allude to the fact that they already know about the Dunbonnet, mm-hmm. which I'm a little bummed about. Um, so they're looking, they're trying to find him in a prison. They've figured out that he's the Dunbonnet. Now they're looking for him in a prison. And then Fiona Graham comes in and we're all reminded of Mrs. Graham and we all get very excited. And then she says, would you like some more cream on your scone, Roger? So it's very clear that Fiona has love for Roger and it's very uncomfortable for Roger, but it is hilarious to Brie who starts (laughs) laughing like a junior high girl. But it's, I mean, in in her defense, it's also hilarious to me. (laughs) You need fatness. You're too thin. You're too skinny. And, And then right after that, Claire goes... I found him. And that's literally how it happened in the show. And Allison and I and our friend Jen was watching with us and we were all just like, no. I um, uh, rolled my eyes so hard (laughs) that I'm a little bit concerned about my ocular health. (laughs) Um, You got a cramp in the middle. Yeah, I went halfway through. I was like, (laughs) but there's no turn back now. I'm halfway gone. I just got to get to the left side. So she found him in the prison. The, That's the, where she found the roles for Ardsmuir prison. Yeah, Ardsmuir prison. And then Roger, all of a sudden, is like, "Oh, that's great! Time for whiskey." <laughs> Just kind of a weird little scene, and it felt like they crammed. Well, in Roger's defense, he is right. It is never too early for whiskey. That's right. That's what he says. And then I said, although it is way too early in the show to have found Jamie. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was too and early. And I know there, we have to get to, it's a, it's a long book and a lot has to happen. And we have to get to those things. Like, I completely understand. But it was literally like, we're looking, we're looking. I found him. Mm-hmm. I found him. Amazing. And I was like, no. Just, <laughs> just little, it sounds like they needed just a little bit of a montage. Well, <laughs> not even a montage. I would, oh, I, would ta- I would totally have taken. A montage of them flipping through research, books. Well, d- different frustrated. Library. And then Claire was like. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and it, there'd be a shot. There'd yeah. be a shot of Roger blowing the dust. Up. 
off, the, off of a book cover. So there would be a, a, a shot of Brianna unrolling like a scroll and then part of it rips and she rolls it up really quick again and shoves it back into a tube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. There would be, uh, there'd be a moment when they, when they're all just like standing around looking at the same book, like at the end, shaking their heads in wonder. And that's how we know they'd found them after all that time, right. after all that work. We need a montage. Well, they didn't give us a montage, so we're there. <laughs> He's been found in Arzmer prison. Oh, and then, uh, it flashes back to the Jamie timeline. As we know, he is now a servant at Hellwater. A groom. A groom. A groomsman. Um, and we are treated to meeting the two daughters of the house. And is their last name Dunsany? Dunsany? Dunsnanana? <laughs> I just want, I want you to know. We, we have a new tweet, mm-hmm. re-episode 304, from Catherine, who says, can't wait for all the times Janine will inevitably go, oh, shit, <laughs> during this one. <laughs> It'll happen a couple of times, Ooh, but... Mm, it'll happen a couple of... Oh, come on. This episode is not my favorite. Anyway, okay, so... Oh, it'll... <laughs> we, well <done>. uh, <laughs> we We come to the manor born, and it's really funny in the, um, in the little after Easter egg thing, they talk about the... Uh, um, the Downton Abbey shot. shot where they roll over the big stone driveway and you have all the servants lined up in the house. It's actually Gosford Park, isn't it? Didn't they say it was Gosford? They said Gosford Estate. That makes um, me think maybe. Me too. I wonder if Gosford Park was actually filmed on Gosford Estate. I'm going to check right Look now. It up. Well, Janine, so, you do this. I don't know. You're what, good at this. I don't know what all these things are. IMDB Gosford Park. Gosford Park. And look for the shooting location. Gosh. And then uh, we meet the two daughters. We've got Isabel and Genevieve. And uh, Geneva. Sorry, G- Geneva. I, I go back and forth in my notes. Um, they were in Italy. Isabel announces that she's a wet blanket right away by saying, it was too hot. She's the Mary. Uh, yeah, but then, you know, <laughs> yeah, she's the Mary Bennett. This is where it was filmed. In those We're places. looking at a photo. No. No. The locations that are listed. It wasn't and, filmed at Oh, Go- weird. So who knows? Maybe they just called anyway, it that. it was Gosford anyway, Estate. Anyway, so yeah. they're in Gosford Estate. That's where they filmed. Um, so we meet the daughters, Isabel and Geneva. Mm-hmm. And Isabel's like, oh, Italy was too hot. I'm so glad we're back. And then we see Geneva, who is a hot brunette, but also very haughty. You can tell she's just got a little bit of a thing. And then is this when we meet her betrothed? No. Is he there? Not yet. Uh, this is... Um, they, they come out and they're welcomed back by their adoring staff. Right. And then dad, played by um, a guy who is also, I am 99% sure, a Slovene on Doctor Who, which means he would have been in uh, numerous the episodes with Annette Badland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't help on this. This IMDb actually isn't updated for the cast uh, for this oh, one. No. So I'm like, I'm looking at this and all the only people I see are uh, Gen- Gen- Geneva. Geneva. Uh, and who's played by Hannah James, and then our two friends, Catherine Catch- Catch- and, and Sam, Sam Hume, Sam Thews, Sam Thews, Sam Thewan. I can't believe it took us this long I to get it. there. I'm gonna try to find the the episode. I'm gonna confirm this. So Keep he going. he is uh he the man of the house played by the Slovene guy that Allison is looking up right now. Lord Dunsany. Yes. Wants to talk to Jamie, right? Yeah, because the new groom is there. So he wants to have a chance to meet the new, new groom. The new groom. And so he's like, hey, hey, guess what? Psst, psst, I know you're a prisoner. I also know you are a Jacobite. Please don't tell my wife. She hates Jacobites because our son died in the Battle of Preston Pans. And then Jamie's like, many good people from both sides died. And it's like, okay, fine. And then... 
Lord Dunsany says something about you never get over losing a child. And Jamie looks him right in the eyes like, I've lost two. And this will be a common refrain in this episode. And we all like Sam very much, but we have not always thought he is the best actor on the show. Not a bad actor, but not the best. But he was fucking great in this episode. And this is one moment you can see in a certain part of his face that he's doing a lot of acting. There's, There's some tension and some release. We've seen this before. He's learned from the best. <gasps> He's learned from the best. Oh, no. Sam Huon is jacting. He's, oh, he jacks real hard. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Uh, so he, like, he gets a lot of it in this I episode, too. basically totally sure this is, the actor is Rupert Van Sittart. That's a really good name. Um, <laughs> Rupert Van Sittart. Rupert. I don't know why I said that like Van an Irish person. Sittart. Sittart. Sittarta. S-I-T-T-A-R-T. He's in Braveheart. Braveheart. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm like pretty freaking sure. Lots of Game of Thrones. Man, who hasn't been to Game of Thrones though? Everyone dies in that show. Mm-hmm. Lots of rotating casts. So we find out that uh, he is warning Jamie not to talk about being a, a Jacobite in front of his wife and that he's not going to tell that he's a, he's not going to tell anyone that Jamie's a prisoner as long as Jamie keeps it real. They also have a moment and for the most part, the people in this family um, conduct themselves honorably for the, the most, most part. part. Uh, and this is sort of the first example of that because we see him say, I can respect a man who fights for what he believes in. My son died fighting for what he believed in and you lost. And so we, our quarrel can be at an end, Mm -hmm. but my wife will not feel that way. Do not tell her that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, okay. Also important note, he introduces himself as Alexander McKenzie. Mm -hmm. So still some of his names, but not, he is not going by James Fraser. Like Red Jamie. Yeah. He Um, doesn't want to link himself to the Red Jamie thing. Yeah. Right. So we flash from that back to the future and uh looks like we Rogers having a bit of car trouble on the side of the road and he's tinkering under the hood. Brianna says something to him. There's the obligatory dunk hits his head on the bonnet and then uh, <laughs> looks at her and then she just strolls out of the car, walks over there and goes clink, clink. And the car starts. She fonzied it. She did. She fucking fonzied it. She's obviously a mechanical genius. He's like, how did you do that? She's like, the alternator was busted. And then I just wrote, Brianna's jacket is dope. <laughs> it is pretty dope. So was it purple or navy blue? Anyway, it was really cool. It was, she was wearing her Doctor Who scarf. She was wearing one of those long, stripy scarves. Mm-hmm. And she has that long red hair blowing in the breeze. I need to let you guys know that every morning I get off the red line to go to work and I walk past Urban Outfitters and Forever 21 and right now in both windows it's nothing but everything that brianna wears that's exactly what everything looks like the hat all of it that's what we have to look forward to for the next six months of our lives is everybody dressing like brianna which isn't bad because it's pretty cool better than chokers right in my opinion yeah but the good thing about a choker is that it holds your head on yeah because hey happy halloween yeah (laughs) um and then I don't remember what happens in the car scene other than that they They're discuss. They're just talking. They're talking about finding Jane. It's just meant to reinforce that he thinks she's real cute. Yeah. Uh, and she, oh, they mostly talk about how Fiona has a crush on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no, no. And Brianna's like, mm-hmm. Cream on your scone, anyone? <laughs> oh, and then she says something about, I thought maybe it was your girlfriend. And then there's, he does it the best he can, but it's like, 
cribbed straight from every bad romantic comedy you've ever seen where he's like girlfriend no I have friends that are girls and I've got girls that are friends but I I, I don't know. I don't have a girl. A girl I, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't Which have a girlfriend. I think maybe a few weeks ago I would have found incredibly charming. But now that I've been watching Parks and Rec, Adam <laughs> Scott is way better at that kind of thing. So I was like, mm, close. close. He, he gets more charming later in the episode. Uh, yes, yeah. of course. But this one I was like, mm, trying too hard. I want you guys to know that Julie was so convinced that she was not going to like Adam Scott on Parks and Rec. Him. And I was like, no, just wait. Just wait. Just trust me. Just I wait. Just wait. Love him he does have a tiny mouth but i love him <laughs> you know what's amazing about that is that mm-hmm. tiny mouth there's still room for those calzones <laughs> he does like a calzone <laughs> he loves a calzone all right so weird car scene basically allison's right it's just to like show the meat cute they're getting together and then we flash back to the past and uh all the groomsmen are in the stables and somebody comes in and is like uh-uh, it's time. And every, all the groomsmen come out and they draw straws. So it's obviously a task that none of them wants to do. And then along comes, along comes Geneva. And then she walks along in her blue dress that used to be one. Claire's, she looks like an asshole. And uh, so it's clear that every day she comes down and makes a different groomsman take her for a ride. Like, <laughs> okay, poor choice of words. Literal. Poor not choice of words. That's not a sexual illusion. Yeah, she has not. She, she has gets not on a horse. Done that. They get on a separate horse. Then they stay on their horses. My eyebrows were raised. <laughs> It's clear that none of these guys want to do whatever this is, and we find out it's taking her for a ride, which I just said. So she, here she flounces down. Who's taking me for a ride? Fetch my horse. Talk, talk, talk. So obviously, you worthless Scotsman. She's just a dick, and so she goes out on a ride with some poor hapless groomsman. Is does she does she give him uh, does she give Jamie a lingering look this time because no. he's new? No, no, not no, really. She, she just does, doesn't even notice which he's is there. Actually, maybe the most unrealistic thing in this. I episode. mean, like really, because if. That's Come the on. new groomsman. Aren't you going to be like? I would be and very down, surprised if, if the other groomsmen aren't giving him a look. That's the, the, that's one of the best looking people on down. the actual planet. Up and down. But I'm surprised the horses aren't like, "Hey, who are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> you touch me just right." Ooh, gross. <laughs> what? Anyway, Patty, are what? you so? <laughs> are you are you implying that Alexander Mackenzie masturbates horses? Mm, I don't know what you have to do in the stables. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> In so, the stables. stables. So, he, <laughs> you guys, Julie just broke Janine. Geneva <laughs> rides away with some hapless groomsman, and then Jamie turns around with the other groomsman, and he's like, "Looks like she needs a good kick in the ass." Talking about Geneva, and then all of a sudden, up sneaks Mary Bennett, Isabel, <laughs> and she goes, "Are you talking about my sister? You're talking about the horse?" And it's like. <laughs> I was wrong about you, Isabel. You're not a wet blanket. You're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, she's not a Mary. She's a total Lizzie. Yeah, she is a Lizzie. But, which, oh, because you know what? That's totally fine because Geneva is a kitty. Geneva Ooh, is totally is a, a kitty. kitty. Or is she a, a Lydia? Oh, you know what? She's a Lydia. I said kitty and I meant Lydia. Lydia. She's a Lydia. Because you know what has always really bothered me? Kitty is a better name for Lydia. Agreed. Lydia should be called Kitty and Kitty should be called Lydia. Mm-hmm. Did I miss something? We're talking about Pride and Prejudice. Pride and prejudice. Okay. Anyway, so um, hopefully our listeners can follow us there. I'm 100% sure that the majority of our listeners knew exactly what that was the first time we said Mary Bennett. And then we flash to Jamie and Lord John. Lord John has come to say hello or whatever. Yeah, so he said in the previous oh, episode. Oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Uh, well, but Isabel says, I know that you are friends with, she doesn't call him Lord John. She calls him something else. And she's like, he's a good man. Something, something. We've been friends since we were small children. Right. I think he would make a great husband. And Jamie's all like, I roll. Well, bad news, lady. And then he tries to flip it. And he's like, he's very kind. He, he is a, he's a lifelong soldier. He is his a man of the military. Will always be for the military. And she says, well, his d- devotion to duty and country to duty. <laughs> but not um, to country. Um, are, oh, boy. Um, are one of the things that I, I find most impressive about him, uh, she's obviously got it bad. Right. And um, but it's like, a conversation that's wrong like not quite sparkling with wit. But she talks to him like an equal. She's and nice. She's nice, and um, and he's gentle with this. Like he tries to break it to her easy, basically. Um, and it's a nice little conversation. the The contrast is clear. We get a lot less of Isabel in the book than we do in this episode, and mm-hmm. I think um, that it was well that she's really well written. Like she's an interesting character, and the actress who plays her is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, whose name I can't tell you right now because apparently it's not on IMDb. No. So uh, I'll, I'll try to Google it, is, it. It is really weird. They have all the uh, all the people working on the show, but not the cast. And then we flash back to the front gate of the house, and it's obvious that a very important guest is on his way out, and we realize that Geneva is being married off to a disgusting old man. Uh, Tanya Reynolds. Oh, is that Isabel? Yes. All right, Tanya. Tan- Good job. All right, Tanya, come through. You were mm-hmm. great. I hope we get more of Isabel in the future, too. Um, cause she was cool. Anyway, continue. So Geneva's, as is the want of the day, she's the oldest daughter needs to be married off and it's always about money. And there's this old creepy spitty dude. Oh. And now she's going to get married to him. And he says, Jamie is there like preparing the horses or something. And he sees his red hair and he basically is like, <laughs> I would drown a child with hair that color at birth. It's like, oh. So that's how it is yeah. in that family. Hello. Um, yeah. Jesus. And he leans to, and, and she, he says something like, it's a very short time until we are betrothed, my darling. And he leans over this girl's hand. And then it sounds like this. Oh, <laughs> you, you can see, you can, you only, he, do, he kisses her hand twice, but you only see it once. So I'm really sorry for that, guys. Uh, Julie, Julie knows from sucking sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he put it's like he puts his whole mouth it's disgusting oh, now i've spilled over the back of my hand that was not it's, my smartest it's move. really gross it's and you just even though she is the worst you really feel for this girl in this moment because good lord that's terrible mm-hmm. and then as her gross husband is making his way away you see her kind of go Wait, I forgot to notice that that hot Scotsman is a really hot Scotsman. I forgot to notice that six foot seven hunk of redwood that's living in my stable now. (laughs) So Lord Fuckstick leaves. And then we flash back to the stables and the uh, groomsmen are all drawn straws again because here she comes down the aisle and some one of the other guys draws the short stick and is there to take her in. And she's like, no. Mackenzie. Mackenzie. You will take me for my ride today. I'm like, I bet he will. Mm. And this begins the part of the show where I was like, 
So why did it turn into a Harlequin romance? Well, but I don't think it did. First of all, that's mm, coercing someone into having sex with you is technically, this would make it the second time that Jamie's been raped, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, The short version, we'll go into details. The short (laughs) version here. Oh, uh, well, I guess we don't actually get to there for a while. She here has like, she's got the hots for the scuds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is really into the idea of some Walker shortbread. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who wouldn't be? And she doesn't even know about the magic powers yet. Yeah. Like, she doesn't oh, even no. know about the well, She's going to figure um, it out. So they're on this ride and she is just needling him and flirting in like a way that's not pleasant. It's like it's very clearly a power trip for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the one you have hand, to do what I tell yeah. you, like that kind of shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she at one point like rides off without him, and he chases after her. And while the, this wily bitch, while she's out of sight, she falls off her horse, and you hear her go ah, and then he rides up, and she's laid face down on the ground. He's like, oh, my lady, my lady. And he tries to wake her up. And, and then he, he picks scoops her, up. her up and starts walking towards the horse so he can, like, go get her some medical attention oh, or whatever. Yeah. This yeah. gave me Gone with the Wind flashbacks. Actually, you know what? She's wearing that blue thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like little fucking dead Bell. baby girl. Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty smart there, Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some smart costuming. Anyway, then she wakes up and goes, I knew it. you'd do what I told or whatever. And oh. he fucking straight up drops her in a mud puddle. Just straight in a mud puddle. Oh, face down. Yeah. It was, and then, <laughs> we're not expecting and then that. And we all loved over it. her body. It's amazing. Oh Jen, God. Allison, and I both went, yeah! When that happened. <laughs> to the care. Well, for, I mean, to, first of all, the actress did a great job of being every bit as just terrible as we needed her to be. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to like this character uh, and you don't mostly. Um, but that means that she actually did her job like yeah. really well. So like a B, let's give her the BPD award. Really yeah. good at being a douche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We the definitely best douche of the episode. We definitely marked her. Yeah. I mark, I mark you Geneva. I'm, I marked you. Cheers. Um, cheers. cheers. Yeah. Cause we have to drink. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to this fictional young woman's credit, she sits up and just laughs with delight. I can't wait till our next encounter. Just covered in mud, like all over her face, and she's just laughing at you him. you would imagine that a woman like this would probably sit up and have a giant temper tantrum. No. Yeah. I mean, I probably would sit up. If somebody dropped me face first into a mud puddle, I would be so mad. That is, it is kind of, I mean, she sounds like a jerk, but also a good natured jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, at the very least, she was good-natured about this yeah, and fair. this moment. Can't wait for our next encounter. Oh, and nice. she, like, waves at him, like, toodaloo. <laughs> Bye-bye. So that's funny. Yeah, that funny. Now, here's where we get a visit from Coinface. Lord John drops by. Ooh. We miss you, Lord John. I know literally it's been, like, ten minutes in real <laughs> showtime. But I'm so glad you're back. And <clears throat> it's a conversation between Lord John and Jamie. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing chess. Where Jamie's like, 
Was it like, why are you keeping me here? Do you just need somebody to play chess? Is this where he kind of has the thing that you say was in the books, but kind of got removed? The like, why are you no, keeping me here? No, this is just when we were talking about this. Because they okay. had that conversation at the end of the last episode. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This was just, um, you come all this way for a chess match. You really should find yourself a more convenient partner. And he says like, oh, well, there would be none suitable. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically a joke about how smart they both are. Yeah. Um, all right, Lord John, you think a lot of yourself there but they're hanging out they're being friends they're just hanging which out which is nice to see and then all of a sudden ba-ba-bum here comes Lord John's brother the other coin face Lord Melton with Isabel and Genevieve Geneva Geneva whatever <laughs> you know what this I'm not is gonna need to say like, it for very long you know what okay so oh, what's her face I think her actual name is Tommy Laffrey do you know this bitch I'm talking about no she's um uh, essentially made herself a YouTube star by saying incredibly hateful oh, things on the internet. Oh, is this catch me on the outside, bitch? The little fourteen-year-old or something? No, she's. I mean, she's in her twenties. I oh, would guess. Okay, whatever. Um, I'm glad she's, I don't know. Uh, she's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what is name? Laffrey, maybe L A F F R Y. Don't look her up. I mean, you look her up if you want to, but listeners, don't look her up. She's human garbage. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the thing on that on that the internet likes to do in relation to her call her like Tammy or Tony or Tori mm-hmm. or like Tandy like literally that's kinda anything how I, that's yeah. kind of how so, I feel about Geneva all right, Genevieve yeah so Geneva and Ginevra. Isabel <laughs> that sounds like a medication for osteoporosis that I will have you know is Ginny Weasley's full first name Ginevra 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 Weasley mm-hmm. so the sisters Dunsany Dunsany show up with Lord Melton Coinface Hal and Hal is a little surprised to see old Red Jamie hanging out there. And then you see his shifty eyes go back and forth between Jamie and his gay brother. Straight up shocked. He and looks Jamie shocked. And his gay brother. And then all of a sudden it's like Lord Melton oh. is not happy because possibly his brother is going to bring more shame on his family because he's there's this guy. You can see this like, like complicated <laughs> thing go across his yeah. face where, where what he thinks is happening is that his he already had to essentially go against his code once because Lord John was such a fuck up and like did this incredibly stupid thing and then got himself chained to a tree while a bunch of Scotsmen went and ruined all of their cannons, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was a major fuck up when this kid did this thing. So he already had to let one of the most notorious quote unquote traitors go because once. he didn't kill his brother. Right. right. Then he shows up and not only is that dude not dead from the leg wound that maybe killed him, but apparently he was in his jail, um, which Hal actually knows in the book because John writes to him about mm-hmm. it. Anyway, um, and then he like essentially let him go. Um, <laughs> and, and, then he's, service job. and then he's hiding in plain sight. And to Hal's credit, he sort of rolls with it. The lie is that Jamie worked, I'm sorry, Alexander McKenzie, mm-hmm. Alex worked for Lord John and recommended him to the Dunsanies. And he sort of rolls with it. But you can see he is furious. Pissed. So angry. Um, also, I didn't fully appreciate last time how good looking that dude is he is a real looker as Minus they say. the george washington wig because that's always just a boner killer yes. for me it's it, it, i mean i guess there might be somebody out there who has kind of a 
thing. Powdered wig thing. Yeah, but but I am not that one. I am not that one either. (laughs) I might be. (laughs) You're into a powdered wig. But then with your powdered wigs, that's different. Like if you're if you're going for a lady, you've got the big like flowery things. With the men, it's always like weirdly, it doesn't fit right. Like the curls kind of hang off the side. It's It's like always askew. It's It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And and also in my mind, Sam whore. Right. That's right, whore. Sorry about the name, buddy. One more time. But it's always like I'm thinking about doing George Washington. I don't want to do that because whenever I think about George Washington, I automatically think about him having the worst breath of all time. Well, yeah, because item number one on the reasons to not fuck George Washington. Well, he's dead. Is the, well, yes. Item number two, wooden teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, you know, that's not real, right? Oh, I didn't know that. No. He had a set of dentures. That's true. Because he didn't have any real teeth. Because back then, you know, the good old days, <laughs> dentistry wasn't his, wasn't it, wasn't it, hold on, <laughs> wasn't what it is now. There we go, finally. Uh, that was a long walk. Yeah, I know. I, I just couldn't get the words out right. And then uh, I read somewhere that he did have the set of dentures, but it was actually animal teeth. You know what? That's not better. No, I know it's not better. <laughs> That's worse. But think about what it would be like when you're you fucking know? a man with donkey teeth. <laughs> I was thinking like dog teeth. Or like you, ass mouth. That's yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? You see this guy, and let's just assume for the sake of this particular hypothetical that George Washington is reasonably good looking. Oh yeah. Right. He was. And you can look past the wig. I mean, total coin face. <laughs> I mean, the original, the OG Well, coin no, face. that would probably be Alexander as oh, is the yes, original. Of course. Of and, course. And Julius Caesar? Caesar coin Caesar face. Caesar coin face. And Nero. Nero. Uh, I don't, I think Nero probably had like a double chin, but they couldn't well, draw it that Queen, way. Queen yeah. Elizabeth. Oh uh, yeah. That's a coin face. That's a good, that's a good coin face. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, uh, not one of them is as good looking as these two dudes. Yeah. <laughs> None of them are. Apologies uh, to Thomas her majesty. Jefferson? Uh, I don't know. That's problematic. Other, there are other issues with Yeah, with Thomas Jefferson TJ. I don't necessarily want. But Washington, assume that he's good looking mm-hmm. and the wig isn't a turn off for you because he you see, smiles. And he smiles and his teeth are like just too big. Or right? like, like dolphin like, teeth. Like, <laughs> dolphin and you're teeth. like... <laughs> I'm gonna go. There's too many spaces between them. They're too skinny. Like, ooh, what would that be like? Oh, never I mind. Want okay, you we remember that we had this conversation in like three years. That's very weird. <laughs> well, uh, three years is when I'm finally gonna come out of the closet about about my fixation on um, inappropriate dentures. <laughs> It's going to take that long. It's my fetish. I just need to own it. All right. But I have to work up to it. Oh, whoops. I just accidentally came out. (laughs) Anyway, uh, if any of you out there have animal dentures, um, I'm sorry. I think that you read the book correctly. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's shady. It's really, it's it's a sincere, it's a sincere apology. None of our, none of our listeners have animal dentures. You don't know that. They might have dentures, but that's fine. Like things happen. You don't know what those dentures are made out of. I'm 100% sure they're not made out of animal teeth. I'll tell you what. If any of you does have dentures made of animal teeth, that (laughs) is a situation that you should correct. Tell us what animal it is. (laughs) Because I would love to see what our fans come up with. (laughs) If you've got animal teeth... Please tweet at us and tell us what animal it is. Okay, anyway, back to Outlander. Mine would be whale. <laughs> whale teeth? Those are really big. With the little brine? brushes. And the, Baby brine. And you could have, you could put the little brushes on the front, too. You yeah. know, like that. What that are gets they? The baleen? Is that baleen. what that's called? Oh, yeah, the yeah. baleen. Yeah. So you For open your mouth and it looks like a harp? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like a bunch of tiny mops. <laughs> 
Okay, oh, we're you guys, off, we're off we got way off topic. <laughs> so I just wrote down, Melton, he knows. So that's where we just were. He's obviously pissed. Um, and then, do, is it Isabel and Melton and Lord John just head back to the house and Geneva's left there? Or is it no. a different scene where she's like... Different scene. You're coming to my bedroom tonight. She literally just comes yeah, out. And she says shows it. up and she says, "Oh, did you see? What did you think of my betrothed?" Oh, oh that's yes. earlier. That's what they're bickering about when they're writing. She wants to oh, know yeah. what he think what what he thinks of her um, husband to be, mm-hmm. and he says, "I, I, that's I don't. Not my place. He, he seems like a nice man. It's not my place to have an opinion." She's like, "I demand you give me an opinion." Uh, that's when he says, "He seems like he's very fond of you." And then he throws her in the mud. Yeah. Anyway, but okay. she she comes back after the Lord Melton thing, and she's like, "All right, that's it." Hey, redhead, get in my bed. It's basically like that. And Jamie's like, nah, man. <laughs> and she's like, he says, have you lost your mind? I think you've lost your mind if you had one to lose. Something like that. Rough. Good burn. Sick burn, Sick Jamie. Burn, Jamie. Damn. And then she's like, I am not going to lose my maidenhead to that nasty old fuck. So why don't you just go ahead and get up in my room and do the job? And then he gets very upset. And she and says, says, like, you're a foul wee bitch. And she says, how dare you speak like that to me? He so says, how once dare again, you speak like that to me? It's real <laughs> bodice ripper territory here. And then. I don't think so. I, I didn't find it, it sexy or romantic at all. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean it's sexy or romantic. I mean that it's very, like, expected. Like the fighting, the uh, she's in control, like the just kind of romance novel feeling. Do you know what I mean? It's not I, yeah, not romantic. Oh, not it romantic. doesn't feel like a romance novel to me. It feels like coerced sex it, it is. from a subordinate. Because here, then here's the next thing, Janine. Here, an oh shit is coming here. Mm-hmm. He said, she says, I know who you are, Red Jamie. Oh shit. Lord Melton, <laughs> Lord Melton was very discreet, but after several glasses of port, actually many glasses of port, he finally told me all about you. And I know all about your family, and I wonder what they would think back in Lallybrock. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this. So she's got some dirt on him. Oh, damn. And so finally he's like, fine, I'll come to your fucking bedroom. Jesus Christ, you just can't fucking hurt my family. Uh, this, I'm going to try to not do this very often, but this is a point in the book um, that I think does a slightly better job. Where In the book than in yeah, the show. Where the book mm-hmm. does a slightly better job. Where what she actually has, and this, they needed to bring Hal back anyway, and it, it all makes sense. And it's more active than this. Um, she she, he has been secretly corresponding with Jenny, which is forbidden. And she calls him by his real name and talks about what's going on in Lallybrock. Um, so that's and how she finds out his pulls secret. pulls out a letter, right? And Geneva finds one of the letters en route to him, one he hasn't read yet, oh. uh, and threatens to just give it to her father. Um so, and it would get Jenny in trouble. It would get him in trouble. I mean, oh, he'd trouble get thrown is, in jail forever. Oh, yes. Um, if not fucking killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is so terrified and angry that he just, it, it, it is implied that he's like just going to lose his mind. And you can see on her face. And he can see on her face uh, that she had actually not thought through what it would mean 
mm-hmm. if she threatened a man and his family mm-hmm. um, and that it scares her and that she's a little ashamed of herself, but she does it anyway. Mm. And, and that's in the book. Yes. And it's, a, so it makes it all just a little more complex because she doesn't show, have any shame about in the this. show. No shame. None at all. No shame. But he finally says, yeah, all right, I'll come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, hopefully. Um, and this is where I wrote a note that Jamie is Johnny Castle. You don't know what it's like. One week you're living off jujubes, the next week they're shoving diamonds in your pockets. So this made me think of Dirty Dancing. You just used them. No, 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 no that's not what I'm saying. They, they used, used me. <laughs> so that's where we are right now. So he goes to and her then, room. Oh, no, wait. I have the note here. Allison. Jen and myself all think that if Geneva really just wanted to get her cherry pop by somebody who wasn't the drooly old man, she should have just fucked Lord Melton. Yeah. If she got him that drunk, come Why on. Didn't she just she obviously used her feminine wiles to begin with. Why didn't she just climb on that? Get her done. If he was he was drunk enough that he probably wouldn't have been thinking about his honor. <laughs> right? And then she just could have like bow. But then what about (laughs) But you know what I think Port dick (laughs) That dick was important (laughs) That dick dick was not coming out of It was in its cups It was in its cups (laughs) Hopefully not literally But (laughs) So um, that, that was one thing and then we just also, I mean, he is good looking, but come on. What you, did you call him a six foot seven redwood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got that there. Come on. So the next scene we flash to her nightmare bedroom with the wallpaper that would give me a fucking migraine. He sneaks in the front door and walks into her room and she's standing there in like this very frilly uh, very dressing white gown. Dressing gown. So very kind of virginal. Her Probably hair is her down. wedding clothes. Right. She wears knows? her wedding clothes in the book. I assume that we're supposed to think it's the stuff that she, she got. She shams his ass? <laughs> Jeez. It's creepy. Not like her wedding dress. Like her wedding, wedding lingerie. Yes. Her wedding pinoir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in and she says, hello, Jamie. And he says... You got me here by threatening my family. You will not call me by the name they gave me. And you can see her go, oh, shit. Okay. And he's like, call me Alex. And that felt a little pointy. It was a little silly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then she tells him he may disrobe, and he starts taking his clothes off. Very workmanlike, though. Not like sexy, just like taking his clothes off. And then he sort of sees that she's looking and that she looks really nervous. And I I will be very curious, anybody out there who hasn't read the book, I'm very curious how this scene played to you. Um, Because I... Because I ha- sort of know what I'm supposed to think it is. I have no idea whether or not it actually plays that way elsewhere. Anyway, um, where he sees that she's looking and he can see that she's very nervous. And he says, you can watch if you want. I mean, you forced me here. We may as well do the thing properly. You can go ahead and watch me take my clothes off if you want. And she's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But she's also still really nervous, yes. you can tell. Yeah. And and I'm watching this whole scene, and I'm like, Jamie, when you take that shirt off, you need to turn around and just give her the full Cornish game hand, just to, like, slap her across the face a little bit. Like, I've been here before, bitch. And he did. And she freaked out. She was like, <gasps> and he's like, it's okay. It doesn't hurt. And it's like, boo. I, I will admit that Julie was thinking these things and actually said, like, give her the full Cornish game out loud. (laughs) Right? The whole time I was sitting there and I was just watching and thinking, like, thinking about the story and whatever, but really there was this, like, tiny primal part of my brain that was just going, 
Bow, bow, bow. And we do get a great butt shot. Oh, it is. And then she, when he takes off the shirt and she gasps about, about his back, he kind of does the half turn over his shoulder. And I was like, she wasn't gasping at the Cornish gay man. She was gasping at and those guns and those pegs. Man, they look good. And then they do it. Well, no, come on. We'll give it a little more credit than that. Come on, there's He walks it. over <laughs> to her and she says, I don't know what to do. And he says, okay, well. The first time is often very fraught. Yeah. He's being very kind. Vexing, I think vexing, he says. Vexing, you're right. Uh, she says, will you please show me what to do? No and problem. And he takes her hands and puts them on his chest and then undoes her robe. And she's obviously very turned on. She literally, she, it feels like she has an orgasm when he first touches her. She goes, ah! She's pretty tightly wound. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's he's a man. <laughs> He's not going to have a hard time. He doesn't have port deck. No, but you know not what? Not a I, lot of port available in the stables. Yeah, you know what? That's true. I did not notice whether or not he kept his eyes closed. Mm. Neither did I. Because that would be the whole thing that he did last time to... I mean, I think that these are probably different things. Like, that was not... With, with Mary McNabb, was obviously not um, lustful, Um but it, and it wasn't love in the romantic sense, but it was a, an, a loving act, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was two people who need something from each other and were, mm-hmm. who were taking care of each other and keeping each other company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a loving act as opposed to like a lustful act. Um, not that they can't be both. But then wouldn't he just keep his eyes closed? I don't know. I mean, I think he feels bad for her on a certain level because he well, understands I, I what's he about also, to happen to her. No matter how hard his dick might be, I think pretty much just wants to get it over with. Yeah. Right? Like, he's being blackmailed. Although, didn't he say something about it taking a long time? Didn't he say no, something? he said, we were, so we were talking over this part a little, but this is actually a line from the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she asks, I think, will it hurt? And he says, not if I take my time. Mm-hmm. So like in, and in the book it's described, he really makes sure to like, um, it's actually really lovely prose where he's talking about how every woman should at some point in her life know how it feels to have your body revered by someone. So he takes very like good care of her body and wants her to feel as though it's a positive experience. And so he takes time to make sure she's basically to make sure she's turned on and like, physically able to actually fuck a guy before he slips it in there. Also, at this point, when it's getting pretty hot and heavy, I came to the realization that no matter how kind he's being, he's also being incredibly cruel because she will never (laughs) have this again. And then I was like, but wait, she's rich. She could have a whole stable full of Grimsman. Yeah. She could just say, I want, because the women are I in like charge of the running of the, of the household. Mm-hmm. So she could just hire, like, I would like to hire 16 stable boys. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no, yes, I yes, want yes, seven. Yes, yes, yes. Very specifically, I want seven. And then I'll call you Monday and I'll call you, you Tuesday. Tuesday. I'll call you <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it did feel a little bit like he's given her the business. Will she ever get the business again? You know, it's interesting thinking about it in the context of the wedding scene, which is the only other scene in the show so far where we've seen someone losing their virginity. And obviously it's not the same, Mm -hmm. but there is a similar like 
campsite rule thing happening where Claire really as nervous as she is in that episode makes a point of like explaining things to Jamie and being kind and generous and wanting to make sure that he has a good time. Um, and the, and that's similar. It's not love obviously, but he is very kind to her. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then they fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is pretty hot. I mean, like, it's a hot doing it scene, but it's also, you know, he's being coerced, so it's not mm-hmm. awesome. It's, um, it's confusing. When I did, when I said out loud the thing that I said about him maybe being cruel because she was never going to get this kind of dickin' again, Jen was like, well, when she's married to old fart face, all she has to do is close her eyes and think of Scotland, which yeah. we thought was very funny. Uh, cheers to Jen Moniz, who came up with several real zingers this yeah. week. And then um, they're done. And she looks at him and she straight up just looks right at him and goes, I love you. And we're all like, oh, God. <laughs> no, before that, he asks if it hurt. And she says, well, it hurt at first, but then I liked it. And then I was like, well, that's pretty good for your first time, yeah, man. got to say. And then she's like, I love you, Jamie. Alex. Alex. And we're all like, nope. And ja- Jamie's like, it's not love. This is not love. This is the feeling I roused in your body. And it's good but it's not love. Love is something else. And then he, yeah, God, he really is good in this episode. Yeah, he sounds like then he says, Jesus. Um, she says, well, wh- what is the difference? And he starts explaining what love is and talking about like, it's opening your whole heart and soul to another person. And you can see on his face, like he's just thinking about Clara. It's just, and you can beautiful. also see that uh, Geneva realizes that he has actually been in love with yes. somebody before. And she, you have a, like a cloud pass over her eyes where she may be a little, bit of guilt i don't know but she like she recognizes something when he says this which was cool all right um then we flash forward and a carriage pulls up at gosford park and out comes lord fartface and lady geneva and guess who's pregnant Lord Fartface. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and so, from there, it's the plot of Junior. Yes. So, do you remember that movie? Uh, yes, I do. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Emma Thompson. What the fuck was Emma Thompson doing in that movie? And making Danny, a paycheck, and man. And Danny DeVito. Don't forget Danny DeVito. Well, Wait, Danny DeVito yes. and Arnold Schwarzenegger were in our buds. And they did. That was post-twins, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, did you see... Oh, I, I know we're already at 50 minutes, but did you see the thing... Um, the internet thing from, I don't know, probably a month ago where somebody went on Reddit and wrote up this thing about how there was this person that he met on a, um, ski lift when no one was, when he was a kid and he couldn't talk to anybody about being gay and he just felt like an outsider and he wanted to die. And this stranger on a ski lift asked, he seemed sad and was he okay? And he just unburdened his heart to this complete stranger. Then they got to the top of the mountain and the stranger's wife walked up and it was Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito took off like his scarf and it was Danny DeVito. And this kid was like, you're that guy from Cheers. Um, and, uh, ever since, and like, and he hugged him and thanked him. And they had this moment when he was a kid. And ever since then, this guy's wanted to reach out to Danny DeVito for saying, thank you for making me feel like it was going to be okay eventually. And, um, and he hasn't been able to find like his agent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was just saying like, I just, I've been thinking about it a lot. I really would like to say something while he's still here. Could anybody, if you have any idea how I can get in touch with Danny DeVito's people, let me know. And then, like, three responses down is Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stop it. Saying, this sounds exactly like my friend Danny. I will make sure this message gets to him. And, like, had a whole post about how. Of course Arnold reads Reddit. (laughs) Well, probably one of his aides read it. And then. Ed's Reddit, Reddit. Red, Reddit. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, I 
I also have to admit that I have I am slightly disturbed by how uh, <clears throat> um, how happy I am to see Arnold Schwarzenegger sometimes these days. Yeah, like why? Because we live in the upside down now. Talk, and it's talk not about conflicted me, like feelings where yeah. you're like, oh, you know, I lived in California when he was governor. Mm-hmm. I remember prop uh, prop not was it prop prop eight prop eight. I remember mm-hmm. that shit. That fucking I remember his playing that. Fuck all that shit. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, maybe he's the only one that can take him down. It's really, it's astonishing to me. Terminator. How many people whose views I find abhorrent now seem like totally reasonable alternatives? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, God, would somebody, for the love of God, please just get George W. Bush on the phone? I know he's a war criminal who basically ruined a lot of lives and is responsible for many, many hundreds or thousands of deaths. And I know he is a garbage person, but he seems like an all right you know, human. He's better than this. You know what? He wouldn't be saying everybody on Puerto Rico just basically deserves to die. I like, I, I was, because like, you know, Trump is spending basically 60%, 40, 80% of his time on a golf course. And all I can keep thinking is like, you know, I would give anything for just George Bush to, you know, give us an update and say, now watch me hit this drive. I would give anything for that now because at least he wasn't a dick. The he was a dick for a long time. Like, I mean, he was, but comparatively, <laughs> it didn't comparatively. seem as willful. Mitt no. Romney? Could somebody draft Mitt Romney, who is also a garbage person, but at least like understands the value of human life, like just or like has a basic idea of how government works? And I guarantee that both those men know that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. I promise you they both know that Puerto Rico yeah. is a part of the United States, not just an island in the middle of the, the ocean. ocean. Um, <clears throat> Kevin it's not me, that far away. Kevin told me that shit when we were sitting here today, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Did that motherfucker really say that shit? Mm-hmm. Like, come the fuck on. There's some great shit on Twitter, though, where it has tweeted about the logistics and blah, 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 and there'll be a person like, uh, we landed on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, and then there was somebody else that's like, in World War II, we attacked not only Europe, and North Africa, but also the Eastern Front of the Pacific Theater. So that was probably pretty difficult. There was too, a lot of just, islands we had to find. Yeah, that that was probably pretty hard. Uh, anyway, Patty, let's get back. Oh, I know, I know. It's really hard to think about anything else right now. Like it's always on my mind. How did we get on this? Uh, we were talking about Junior. Junior. Anyway, Geneva is pregnant and she um, turns around and like gives Jamie the side eye while she strokes her no. like a little bit. She turns and she shows him. She looks at it. But the, so the camera, she gets out and it shoots her from like, like the low tit up, right? Like you can't see her belly. And then she turns and it's wham right in your eye. Yeah. And she's like smug pregnant, full enough, like seven months or something. Shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we flash back to the future and it is a, a, a cozy fireside chat. Between Brianna and Roger and fucking Richard Rankin is working overtime in this scene. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I know that Sophie Skelton is beautiful. We skipped one. We skipped Claire on the phone. Lady oh. Jane? That's right. Oh, yes. Joe. Joe calls. Joe Abernathy calls her. And I like, need more of him. I want to see them together. Oh, well, we'll get some. Okay. There's a very important scene um, coming up, I'm guessing, in the next episode. Is it the one where she tells him about Jamie? Well, Julie. See, I'm sorry. Anyway, Patty. So yeah. um, uh, he calls and is like, so um, I'm g- guess what I'm having for lunch right She's now. She's like or chicken salad or whatever. No, <laughs> tortellini, whatever, because they have some lunch at an Italian place. Anyway, it's real cute and fun. And he uh, he says, hey, so uh, uh, 
uh, Mr. Halperson or whoever. I think his name is, I think he actually says Harry. And the only reason I remember that is because in the play that I'm understudying right now, one of the corpses' names is Harry. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one of his patient, one of her patients came in with like calcifications on some part of his body or whatever. Some, some medical chat. Right. And, um, and you can see in her face, she's like, fuck, um, you can handle it. Yeah. And he's and like, he's uh, like, I know I can. Like, <laughs> duh. duh. I'm a doctor too. I'm really surprised that you don't want to come back and deal with this yourself. And, because, you know, we saw in the last episode that Claire like likes to be there whenever one of her patients is having like recovering from surgery. Even mm-hmm. she's very hands on unsurprising. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, well, I'm just going to I'll be there soon. And he says, in which month is soon? She says, I don't <laughs> know. Snap. Um, Joe Abernathy. Get off the phone. So then fast forward and they're, they've obviously still been researching. They're trying to find Jamie. She, Brianna's all excited because they found um, prison records mm-hmm. in some, in Edinburgh. They can go and look at ship manifests, I think it is. There's another little scene where Fiona gives Claire, Claire the pearls. Yeah, that's, the pearl. that's what I had Fiona right here. Fiona gives yeah. Claire a pearl necklace. <clears throat> Fan fiction. Well, yeah. Um, uh, but it's, we recognize the pearl necklace and Claire has a moment. The necklace that was Jamie's mother's that he gave to her and that she had given to Mrs. Graham. And Mrs. Oh. Graham had given them to Fiona. Anyway, th- so that was a nice And moment. then she has a moment with Brie where Brie goes, what's wrong, mama? I'm going to need her to get better. Okay. So in this, and they hug and you can actually, you can see that Claire is thinking about Jamie and the fact that she might actually get to see Jamie again, whatever. Anyway, then, uh, Brie has this scene with Roger on the couch. It's not, it's he was not like she's the terrible. She's just not, for it, honey. not up to the standard. But we, we've talked about this before and we've seen several people on this show get better based on the, their scene partners, specifically. And, Rod, and in Roger's the, a badass. Like, right. Yeah. In the past, Tobias Menzies would always elevate a scene he was in, yeah. no matter who was in it with him. We're hoping that the same happens for her. I know that she looks right. But good, she's too short. Lord. She's too short. Is that true? In the book, is she supposed to be real tall, like a like basketball player tall, <gasps> like oh. like six foot, like like uh, you've got a redwood living in your Scottish manse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I have hope for her because she's going to be on the show, obviously, for a long time. Yes, and I have hope that she will. Warm up to it because we remember back in the beginning of season one, it took Katrina a little well, while. And this is correct me if I'm wrong. Her second episode. Yeah, yeah. she was right? at, at the very it end of season one. It feels like she's been in a mm-hmm. lot, but really it was just that finale episode and then this one. Uh, end of season two, I'm and sorry. And yeah. she's not American, so mm-hmm. she's still working her way, her way around that American accent, which isn't terrible. It's not as bad as what's-her-name, Nellie's. Yes. But it's not as good as when Tobias Menzies was making Vittles. fun of it. Vittles. <laughs> <laughs> we but miss you already, Tobias. She's she. I, I have hopes that she will... Get better. And her scene partner most of the time is going to be Richard Rankin, who is great. Uh, Yeah. And this scene, it's a scene that mostly works and it mostly works because he sells the holy crap out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, she says, I'm a terrible person. I keep thinking, like, I really hope that we find him. But I know if we do, I'm probably going to end up losing my mom. And and Roger says, well, you know, that's... um, understandable. Um, but if you're a terrible person, then I am too. And she says, why? And he says, well, once we find him, you're going to go back to Boston. And she kind of goes like, and then just kisses him right on the mouth. And he's very surprised. And then he does like a, 
<laughs> like a Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> you can see it's, he's very cute. It's very cute. Um, and he's wearing this great sweater. That's Julie he's, pouring another. He's always wearing a great sweater. You know what? That's it. Here, you drink that part. No. <laughs> no, I'm full enough. I'm full enough. You're fine. Man, I got to go to a party after this, you guys. I'm going to that party, too. What I know. We're going to. Because um, it's sort of like you a should come housewarming, with sort of closing for Alachua Candy. What else? Uh, so um, uh, um, that scene is pretty brief but charming because of the t- walking turtleneck. Richard Rankin. Yeah. Um, then Very handsome walking turtleneck. He is, yeah, but he looks like he'd be so comfortable and keep your neck warm, I guess is what I'm saying. I'd uh, let him keep my neck warm. I would too. He is very cute. Then we flash back to the past. Oh no. They come running into the stables. Lady Genevieve is giving birth and it's a bad time. We need the horses and we She's, have to my ride. My sister is in distress. My sister, it's Isabel coming to the uh, stables. Like, Ooh, selling it. Driving really it like good. she stole it. Yeah. Just like. She does a great job. She's very good in this episode. You know, I might give her the TGP. Oh, she, I, she's not getting it from me. Oh. Anyway, she is very good though. She's behind <laughs> she, on the list. She uh, grabs Jamie and they ride off into the night towards Geneva's estate with her fat sloppy husband. Um, and then I wrote here, we had to pause because Jen needed another beer. Yeah, so this is, it's the rare, when we do that scale, it's the rare circumstance where we had to test it out live. And we, it was not a situation where Jen could just get up to get a beer. We had to pause it. Mm-hmm. Because it was really it's just like packed. them running to the house to make sure she's alive. Like last Mohicans, everyone's hey guys, running. Hey guys, kind of hey guys, hey guys. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so uh, they get to Ellesmere and they hear, it's a boy. The boy is healthy and fine, but Geneva's not so Still great. bleeding. Still bleeding. Oh, shit. Good old days, you guys, right? Right? Uh, is it the good old days or is it tomorrow? Anyway, Geneva. Patty. So, um... Genevieve dies. I mean, Genevieve well, dies. Well, okay, so let's not skip a great moment, which is when um, he's when Jamie is asking the I don't know the cook, whoever she is, um, about the baby. Mm-hmm. She's oh yes, fine, fat, strong, healthy, fat boy. I don't know where we're making them all Scottish. They're all British. Oh, a fine, fat, healthy son. That's not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has a fine, fat, healthy son. He's a lovely little boy. Just <laughs> imagine <laughs> fee. And then you see Jamie's face, and it's this moment oh, where he just he realizes it's his. <gasps> yeah. Where and like I already knew that, yeah. right? But like. Joy and grief and confusion and the need to hide all of it. And it's in like that. It was long. very good. It is some primo jacting. Yeah. Oof. And many, and many exits. Because you gotta go back to work. He's on the job. Yeah. And then we find out that he Geneva finds he finds Isabel in a hallway sobbing. sobbing. And he says, she, he asks what's wrong. And she says, my sister is dead. She was fine. She was sitting up holding the baby. And then she started to bleed again. The physician did all he could, but she died. And he goes, presumably to say a kind word or try to comfort her or help her in some way. And she slaps the holy shit out of him. Like, wham! Like, like snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's... It's a share slap. It is a total share slap. It's great. And she says, I know it's yours. I know you. <laughs> she does not say, I know you fucked with her. I think it... I think it's, I know you bedded her. I know you bedded her. I know you, you laid, laid with, with her. her. Whatever. Something. Um, and 
she told me and she loved you. And you're like, bitch, did you not listen to anything he said? <laughs> Come on, get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, you know what? If somebody was that kind to me when I was that shitty to them, I might fall a little bit in love with them too. Just yeah. a little. Also, if somebody dicked me like that too, I might. Yeah, I mean, those things combined. It's right? a thing. Oh, yeah. Dickmatized. Yeah, it's a bang over. She had yeah. a total bang over. Trademark, both those. <laughs> Nine months of dealing with that shit. And you still have it? That's stigmatized. That is stigmatized. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. R.I.P. Not so much, Geneva. I'm sorry. Ginevra. Geneva. Geneva. Geneva Convention. I'm sorry that you call her Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. Your character was horrible. Oh, she is not neutral enough. You're right. She's not neutral enough. <laughs> well, are they really though? Bank. <sighs> oh, um, you were very good at your part. Yes. Your part sucked. Good actress. And now you're done. Um, but you did live long enough to, to squeeze out a human. Named. Well, we can't, we're not there yet. So oh. anyway, uh, <laughs> while Jamie is getting the shit smacked out of him and like doesn't know what to say. It's going on. Right. Somebody comes running in and says, you're needed. Your master needs you. There's trouble. You have to come running right now. So he takes off running and he discovers uh, dad, well, grandpa and grandma um, the Dunsanies. The Dunsanies. Um, who we have seen like almost none of Grandma, of mm-hmm. Lady Dunsany to this point. Because she uh, hates a Jacobite, so we don't want to get them together. Yeah. Right. We we see them having a screaming match with Lord Fartface. Mm-hmm. Lord Fuckington. I'm just going to call him Fartface. Lord Fartface. Um, mm-hmm. Lord Fartsmuir. <laughs> Fartsmuir. <laughs> anyway, uh, and he's holding the baby, screaming about how it's a bastard, and uh, has a knife to the, the baby's and their throat. daughter. Well, has a knife in the hand, not directly. But it's but, like right there. But it's like a long knife. It's right by baby's face. Um, he's calling her a slut and the baby a bastard, and he oh, has this shit. knife. So that's another. Oh, so shit. Catherine, <laughs> Catherine, this was a really smart tweet. You knew exactly mm. what you were doing. And here's the trouble: is that I've been trying not to say it because I felt like a catchphrase, but this, those are genuine. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, this was real. <laughs> Just wait. So he's holding this knife right by this baby. It made me very nervous. It was very uncomfortable. And they're screaming at each other. And then uh, Lord Dunsady pulls out a gun. Pistol. What the fuck? And Points they're it. like, they're, uh, they're, they're six feet apart. And Jamie is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, guys, guys, Everybody, guys, come down, guys, come down. Guys, bring guys, it down, guys, bring guys. it down. Uh, <laughs> Lord Dunsany, you have to give me that gun because we have to put, we get, have to get him to put his knife down. Do it for the baby. And Lord Dunsany looks him in the eye. And because Jamie is great with horses. <laughs> He just, it's like, it's like he was coaxing stuff. He just lowers the gun and Jamie takes it away from him and is holding it. And then he looks out to Lord Fartface. It's like, sir, please give me your dark. <laughs> and the, and the guy's like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, no! <laughs> and then has the knife, and it looks like maybe he's getting ready to kill this baby, yeah. which, by the way, does not have red hair, so it's not even a redhead thing. Mm-hmm. And Jamie shoots him right in the fucking face. Shoots him right in the face. Oh, point blank. Boom! Falls back. Oh, shit. Drops the yeah. baby. Here's the thing, oh, and this shit. is this would be it, uh, an impossible action scene to shoot. In in the book. He catches the baby. He does, but. No! No, wait. But he's not so far away. In the book, he's standing, <sighs> he's standing in front of a window, and he acts like he's going to throw the baby out the window. And so Jamie shoots him, 
runs for it and grabs the baby as the guy falls through the window. Oh my God, really? That would have been fucking Okay, insane too much. To no, this, yeah. was this was better. just enough. This was better because it was enclosed and that made it more, like, and it was so fast. Just yeah. like shoots him dead. The guy makes one threatening move and Jamie, being Jamie, is like, nope. Also knows it's his son. Yeah. <laughs> then the baby is fine. You, it looks maybe like it's got a little bruise or something, but the baby's fine. It's just there and he opens his eyes and you can see Jamie go, go. Oh, oh, oh no. Go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they take the baby back to Dunsany. Uh, to Hellwater. Hellwater, the Dunsany's estate. And they decide to go ahead and raise this baby. Um, we they find out that Geneva never actually sealed the deal with Lord Fartface. Oh, shit. That's why. Isabel told us that. But nobody else knows. Nobody Isabel's knows that but Isabel. The- oh. Yeah, Isabel's the only one who knows. Um, and Jamie encounters Isabel in the woods in her morning clothes, pushing this gorgeous pram. Incredible pram. Beautiful. And also their morning clothes are like chic as fuck. The Dunsany ladies know how to grieve. Know how to rock it. <laughs> um, and she says, I'm sorry. I was mad with grief. I did not mean to hit you. Your secret is safe with me. We've named him William. We're calling him Willie. <gasps> Little Willie, Willie won't. Go home. That was it. Um, You guys remember Willie? And I want to thank you. My sister was a difficult woman and you were kind to her. And you can see that he's a little affected by that and doesn't really know what to say. say. And he, she walks back to her and mother. And leaves the pram right there by him the so that he can like hang so out with his son So that he can take a second a and look. And he says, hi, oh, really cool. you're a bra lad. I'm, I'm here. I'll be here. Whatever. Then, <gasps> lady, don't say anything. Hold on. Son. Excuse me. Yeah, this is one of the best scenes in the episode. This woman who... The hair on my neck is standing up. This is good. The end, there were moments in this episode that didn't work, but the end was like... Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she walks up, and it's the first time she's really said anything other than, please don't, you're holding a baby with a knife, right? Like, yeah. that's about it. Um, and she basically Very says- stately, beautiful first, woman, beautiful clothes, clothing. like everything. So basically, it's like, so first of all, they ruled death by misadventure. So basically, they ruled that this guy killed himself. So, so he's not going to get our arrested. Money bought that, uh, yes. Our money bought that verdict. We made sure that you're not going to get arrested first. Um, second, I know who you are. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. Catherine, you got me pinned. I want to <laughs> thank you for the service you rendered my family. Yeah. Basically for saving, because remembering they already lost a kid, right? So this woman has now lost two of three children. We assume, we have to assume times being what they are, that these are two of three children that actually lived past early childhood. She's probably lost like six. Yeah, Yeah. probably more. Anyway, two adult children have died. Um, And then she has this grandbaby. So she's very grateful. She says, so you know, my husband has many powerful friends in London. If you, would you like to go home? He can go, he can argue for a pardon for you. They will give it to you. Do you want to go home to You Scotland? can discharge your service and you can go home. And you see oh, wow. again, again, Sam Huon, just with the jacting, knocking out of the park, you see like joy, delight, relief, but disbelief. Then- and then he looks at the baby. baby. And he says, no, I would like to stay in your service. And she says, why? Because apparently she didn't see him look at the baby. 
And, and he says, things are hard in Scotland right now. And I've been able to send money home. And if it's all right with you, I'd like to remain in your service. And she says, for as long as you wish, all you have to do is give the word and you can go home whenever you like. And thank you again. And she's so good. The actress is oh, very kills good. Kills it. Straight kills it. Oh, man. So, yeah. Then oh, I'm, I'm tearing up a right? little bit. That's really mm-hmm. nice. Then moment. we flash mm-hmm. forward, and then there's this kid. Um, Who is not redheaded. But he still looks like Sam Hewitt. He does. And it's Jen said there has to be a cottage industry in finding actors that look like Sam Hewen to get them into this show. Like, where did we find Sophie Skelton? Where did we find this kid? He's very cute. He's not a good child actor. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's a child. Not, he's, he's, a, he's a child. He's well, a, no, 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 no. This is flash forward to him being seven. We'll oh, say okay. this. He's no fanning. He's not a fanning. He is not a fanning. He is He's not, not from a, the fanning factory. He is not a Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Joel Osment. And I say Joel a middle name or part of his last name. I never knew. I think it's more like Haley Joel. Haley Joel. Osment. Um anyway, uh they then you see him like teaching <laughs> Haley Joel Osment how to ride his pony. <laughs> Haley, jo- Haley Joel Osment right now by the way has the most tremendous ugly beard. Yeah. Oh no! I never want to see this. Um, and th- and there's a little conversation that Lady Dunsany is having with some friend, which is, "Ooh, Willie is such a handsome lad, and he loves his pony." It's very clear. yes, and he loves that groom too. We joke that they spend so much time together that he's starting to look like him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Sam Hewen is like, "Shit, fuck." Ugh, gotta get out of here. Yeah. But we do. F- there is a, a interstitial scene here in the future where they're in the pub. Oh, yeah. And it's Claire. Uh, oh, we skipped something. Because when they're in the pub, it's after they go to the library and they're looking at all these ships' registers. They go to the last one. And I guess this is payback for the fact that they found Jamie in like 30 seconds. <laughs> found him. <laughs> um, it's from like 100 years later. It's too late. And so he's not anywhere. And there are no documents pertaining to the shipment of people. And of course, we know that, first of all, why didn't they find Murtaugh? I don't know. Maybe he didn't use his real name. Pamela's. Well, but yeah, maybe. Maybe he went by Pamela. <laughs> yeah, maybe he went by Pamela. <laughs> anyway, um, they uh, b- basically they can't find him. They're so like, they kind of are the road. They run out. And Claire is like distraught. And they wind up in this pub where all of the dudes are staring at them. And and he, like uh, like Claire and Brianna have no idea. They're just sitting at the bar drinking scotch, drinking whiskey. And Richard is there a little... Roger. Roger sorry. Is there a little uncomfortable? He's like, why are they all staring at us? And what Claire should have said is, have you seen my daughter? <laughs> I but mean, look at this just bitch. Look at, but instead, also, have, like, you have you seen me? me? <laughs> but instead he's like, we're not welcome at this bar. Women aren't supposed to sit at the bar. We're not supposed to be here. Um, and it's he, 1968. I will sit here. We will sit wherever we want. And Roger, being emotionally insightful, correctly recognizes that she's actually frustrated about Jamie. And he says, there are other places we can look. We can keep looking. We will find him. And Bree's like, yeah, we'll find him, yeah, mama. Yeah, we'll find him, mom. Oh, oh. And it, that's an exaggeration, but also it's not. Uh, it doesn't sound She like, says, I mean, I, I this is what mm-hmm. Mrs. Graham warned me about. Spending my chasing life a chasing ghost. a ghost. It's time to let go. And he's, and she says, to those we've lost. And they all clink glasses. And then it, then we're back in the past again. Then we're back in the past. And this is where everybody's like, oh, he loves um, Alex McKenzie so much. And it's like, oh. And then Jamie realizes, oh, this kid is actually starting to look like me now. I got to get out of here. He decides he's going to leave. 
mm-hmm. and he's preparing to leave. He has this scene, a couple of scenes with the kid where they're talking about why he's leaving. Um, and the first one, he's like pissed. Kid is angry that he's leaving and starts to throw a tantrum and is throwing things. And Jamie picks him up and gives him like a spanking. And he's like, and she says, I hate you. And Jamie goes, I'm not very fond of you either at the moment, you wee bastard. <laughs> and the little kid goes, I'm not a bastard. Take it back. And you sort of realize like he's probably been hearing little oh. rumors about himself and stuff. And Jamie gets this horrible look on his face and apologizes and said, I shouldn't have used that word. I take it back. My lord. I don't want you to go. And they have this nice little farewell and Jamie explains. We had the deeper farewell in a minute. This was the the preliminary. Like go go round one of farewells. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen the movie Shane? Anyway. So so all of a sudden coin face shows back up again. And we find out he's going to marry Isabel. Well, so that's what the, so he comes in to say goodbye to Jamie. I'm so sorry to lose my chess partner. My chess Pot. No. And and Jamie is like, ah, I will, you know, time to go, whatever. He says, you're right to leave. It's past time. Because everybody's going to figure it out. Everyone has secrets, and yours is walking around. Is so, this the sire? The stamp? The what? Some sire, some something stamp there get. So it's very clear that I'd this is your son. I'd imagine that any child of yours would look just like you. He has the same tilt of the head and the same bearing, and he has your Which eyes. Which Lord John knows because Lord John is really studying. Yes, yeah. and he has your eyes. And Jamie says, um, can we go for a walk? And Lord John is like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go. So they're taking a walk, and Jamie basically says, I have a favor to ask you. And Lord John is like, you don't think I'd tell, right? I wouldn't tell. Jamie says, no. I have to leave, and it would mean very much to me if you would look after Will- Willie as a father would. And in return, if you do, <laughs> I will give you the use of my body. He doesn't actually say that. He's like, uh, and then Lord John's like, good Lord. Are you actually Are you offering, offering your body? He says, uh, I. Y- yes. <laughs> and Lord John's like. No! And well, no, first he like, he, he looks shocked and he kind of laughs. laughs. He's like, oh, do you actually imagine there's a world where I'd accept? He's like, what, do you not want me anymore? He's like, well, no. Yes, yes, I do. Oh, like, I'm probably going to want you for the for, rest of my life. or for the rest of my natural life. But I, I, tempted though I may be, that I would never do anything remotely like that. Not uh, in a million years. I know, isn't that good? And then he says, God bless you, coin place, David Barry. Then he says, I actually came to tell you something. I'm marrying Isabel so I can look after Willie as a father would. Like, was already going to do that. And Jamie's like, you can't marry her. He's like, well, no, I've already gone to London to test my capacity. And believe me, I can make her uh, an appropriate husband. Basically, he went and fucked a prostitute to make sure he could get it up for a lady. You know what I got to say? Back in the time, back in those days, I'm just amazed at the euphemisms, the amount of euphemisms that existed. We don't have enough of those these days. We do. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. We have loads of euphemisms. They're all filthy. (laughs) Yeah, they're just not as, they're not as creative. They're not as as discreet. discreet. They're not as poetic. I love Um, that. And then he says, but besides, it's not as though carnal love. Love is all there is to a marriage. And Jamie kind and of nods I about like that. And I, I like, like her. And I like Isabel. She's smart. And I like her. And Jamie kind of nods and is like, well, I 
I don't mean to doubt you if you, if you have nothing but respect for the, and good intentions for this lady, then I wish you happiness. And he says, thank you. And it's a really lovely scene of these it two was, friends. It you was will have my friendship forever. The and they best, shake hands. It, at first grandma scene in the woods with the pram was the best scene, but then this scene happened and it was the yeah, best. It's actually the yeah. best scene. It's yeah. very, very good. And they're both great in it. It's because it's because David Barry is so awesome at the, <laughs> <laughs> we can also see, see that, that he's like kind really of real. Moved. Yeah, um, this is not a real siren. Um, so <laughs> I, I feel the need to tell you. Um, I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but whoever out there likes to listen in the car and always gets really confused when there are sirens. <laughs> no, that's, that's just us in Chicago. From now on, I will always say if it's a it's siren. The Chicago on way. Rent. That was <laughs> our, our somebody. Somebody was trying to put ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> oh my god! Emergency! Hold on. <laughs> anyway, um, so then Jamie has to actually say farewell to Willie. Willie comes in and um, is upset. And he comes into like Jamie's stable, hut, like his little, like his little his, stable house, his, um, his hut of sadness. It's not his, a doom it's, hut. It's not a doom hut. It's a um, <laughs> it's a groom hut. It's a groom oh! hut. Groom hut. Groom hut. Groom hut. Groom hut. Oh, we started way too high. Yeah. Anyway, okay. anyway. So he comes in, and when Willie comes in, uh, Jamie has a altar laid out and is lighting candles because we remember that Jamie is Catholic, right? That was the whole Jacobite thing. And Willie's like, "What are you doing?" And doesn't he say something he about says, the stinking papists? Grandmama says only stinking papists light candles in front of relics, or graven images, mm-hmm. and um. And Jamie goes, well, I'm a stinking papist. <laughs> he says, I want to be a stinking papist. Oh, no. First, we get our episode title. Jamie's like, and it's not a graven image. That's a statue of St. Anthony, Anthony. Uh, the patron saint of lost things. And I pray, for, I pray for people I've lost. He says, who do you pray for? Well, he prays for his brother, who is also named Willie. Willie. Oh. Little Willie, Willie. I pray for my sister back home, and I pray for my wife. And little Willie's like, you know what's a wife? wife. And Jamie's like, I know. Duh. Don't rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, then the kid says, I want to be a stinking papist, too. He's actually better in this scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Jamie baptizes him. Oh, shit. So he's now William James instead of like William David Ransom Bloody Blood. And then he's like, what's your, what does he say? Where does James come from? He's like, it's my special Papist no, he says, name. why did you call me William James? He says, it's your secret papist name. Don't it's tell mine anyone. too. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Oh. For God's sake, don't tell anyone you're a papist. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> anyway, then we find out what the title card was for because Jamie takes out this wooden snake that he's carved, that he carves Willie into the bottom of. That looks exactly uh, like the snake that his brother carved for him. That, that said Sonny on it. gave to Claire when she was giving birth. Do you remember that? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. This is way back. So he recreated this carving to give to his son and carved his name in a willy. And then he says, but I haven't got anything for you to remember me by. And you can see Jamie go, <laughs> you don't need to give me anything Never to remember you by. Forget you, my son. A special boy. <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts to him actually leaving. And there's Lord John standing with Lady Isabel. And Lady Isabel walks up and hugs him. And then is like, oh, 
Ooh. Cool. <laughs> I'll never touch this again. So let's just uh, get a little and then around she the whispers outside. in his ear. We will take care of your son always. And then Jamie releases her and I think shakes hands with John. And gets on his horse. Says goodbye, gets on his horse, starts to ride away slowly. And then Shane, come back. Little kid is like, no, Matt, come back, Matt. To crying, running after him. And you and, and Jamie's just riding away on his horse, not turning around. And Lord John chases after him and holds him. And he's just crying. And Jamie's riding away on his horse. And then it cuts to Sam Huon's face. <sighs> Jacting hard and possibly crying. Yeah. But not turning around. Like one tear, just like, compo- and not riding away fast was either. Po- was he pulling? Just like, bump, was he, bump, was he bump. pulling? No, he wasn't pulling. It was like one. Like oh, one. Like it was one like, like a Johnny Depp. Like, oh, man. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we flash to the future and there's Roger drinking a scotch somewhere. Montage. a plane. Guess what? Montage back and forth between past and future to a Bob Dylan song. A very beautiful cover of A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. Oh. Oh. Didn't work for Julie so much. It worked like no, gangbusters for it me. It made me cry a little bit, but it also felt a little. Sometimes when things emotionally manipulate me and I can't control my emotional reaction, I get a little pissed. But it was it was a good choice of song. It was a good choice to have this be the first time that a modern song was played over something from the past. And it it drew a line between the two in a it, really interesting which way, which was cool. Yeah. But also, I was like, <sighs> I really why liked you work in me. It felt well. It's like, it's a straight yeah. Mad Men choice. There's mm-hmm. this incredible montage at the end of God. I think it's like a season six episode of Mad Men that starts with Don putting on a record of. Um, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. I think it's a mm-hmm. single of Tomorrow Never Knows, which is um, turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. downstream. <laughs> it sounds like the end of the world. It's like a mm-hmm. terrifying song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it cuts back and forth to all of the different characters and what they're doing. for. They play the song in its entirety. It's an incredible sequence. And it reminded me a lot of that. And you see Roger just like – like tearing a little, like sad and lo- like he's obviously got it really bad for this girl. And then Claire and Brianna on an airplane and and Claire is obviously like distraught. Just has given up. Mm-hmm. They tear down the wall. <laughs> oh yeah, they tear down the homeland wall. Yeah, they, they take, take down all, all the-, the colored yarn and everything oh, that yeah. like binds everything to everything else. It and Jamie is riding away and it's really beautiful. And then mm-hmm. it plays over the credits. Uh, and that's it. And I, you know, it was a pretty uneven episode that was kind of disappointing in ways, but man, when it hit, it hit really hard. Mm-hmm. I would put that scene between Jamie and Lord John up there with almost any scene in any episode of the show. It's it one was of the my best favorite scenes. scene. It was my favorite scene in the show. And maybe my favorite scene from the season so far. Mm-hmm. Just like there were some great Lord John and Jamie scenes. There were some great Claire and Frank scenes, but I think that is my favorite scene from the season to date. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. This is the part of the show where we do our little scales. So let's talk about the costuming. Mm. Um, So today on Twitter, I was just fucking flipping around and I found out and I don't know if it was because at one point they showed Mary Hawkins in the reminder thing. And I don't know whether or not Geneva's costumes were literally pulled from Claire's stock or just from general back stock. But Terry Dresbach talked about how she didn't have enough time or something happened where 
They well, didn't. you know what it is because they talk about it in the thing at the end, and Ronald Moore talks about how he really heard about this costume, presumably at home, mm-hmm. because the dress that they had to make her to get dumped in the mud, they had, they to, had make to make four like of. four of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. To shoot it, because yeah. they had to dump her and then wipe off her face and put in a new dress and then dump her and then wipe her. So presumably, but they, also they used, had to make like four of that one. And they had to use a lot of backstock costumes because they didn't have enough time to like fully do yeah. that for her. So there are certain pieces that are that, great that, that are great, but you can almost recognize them. Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, I think the I've seen that before. Blue that Geneva blue, one. The one with the bars across the chest, across the bodice. You're like, Hmm, I've seen that. And I think that might've been Mary Hawkins. Well, the, I think the robe might've been Mary Hawkins, the doing it robe. From- yeah. But it's, it's clear that there's repurposing happening here and I'm okay with that because they're so well made and who gives a yeah. shit. Yeah. I would never have been able to call them out if you hadn't seen it somewhere. But I did just read it this morning. Okay, so on a scale of Outlander Season 2... <laughs> no, that's not fair. That's too um, Let's do on a scale of <laughs> Ken Burns Baseball. Oh my god, but shouldn't that be the doing it one? Then, so that is always the doing it one. You're right, you're right. Okay, let's move costumes. On a scale of... Uh, Dirty Dancing from the 80s <laughs> to <laughs> Dirty Dancing, the Abigail Breslin TV version one. Which no, I didn't how about see. Dirty Dancing to Flashdance? Ooh. That's interesting because Dirty Dancing has both 60s and 80s. I know. Inconsistencies. Weirdly inconsistent. Where does it fall? And I'm saying Flashdance is dance being In like the, pure the purest. 80s. Pure yeah. 80s. Uh, I'm going to say this episode... Because we have both the past and the future. Oh, the and future there are some good present. future looks. Presents, yeah. Mm. What's something fun from the 70s? Something fun. Charlie's Angels? Fine. That's great. Okay. Go in there. Mm. I'm going to go with... Where you probably occasionally you would get a repeat like Marlo Thomas would have to wear somebody else's bell bottoms. Sure. Fair. I'm going to go with... Fame. <laughs> I'm gonna live Where it's like the costumes are pretty good, but occasionally they feel a little redundant. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. they're wearing a fucking leotard all right. the time. Yeah. Leg warmers. Leg like warmers. That's a good one. Okay, cool. Uh, the beer scale, we've actually already addressed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the most um, profound episode, but I... Well, it's the like moment f- for the last half an hour, like you can't get up at right. all. But the moment that Jen had to go get a beer was halfway through the episode. And I would not have gone to go get a beer then. However, in the first half of the episode, there were probably a couple of times where I would have probably. So it's like a half a and half. It's like a half. It's a halfie. It's a halfie. Okay. It's a pudge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, our doing it scale. Um, on a scale of, mm, uh, let's say, um, like, well, how about Dirty Dancing mm. uh, to the wedding? Where do we fall? Well, I have a very unpopular choice, but I just, I don't think it's that extreme. Okay. Um, have you ever seen the movie Straw Dogs? No. Okay. Then I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's very it's an incredibly problematic rape scene. Um Man, I don't know. To me, to me it was fraught with a lot of stuff of the control issues and but it also kind of that was balanced out by him being so kind to her and knowing yes, he's over a barrel, 
but he doesn't want to make it shitty because she he knows she's going to be married to this fart face forever. And nobody should die having never had good sex. And nobody should die ever not having been boned rightly. So he was Mr. Bone Rightly. <laughs> um, what's a Bone Rightly? Where does that come from? What movie? Is there a movie? Is it a Bull Durham? An Officer is and a Gentleman? Is that too sexy? Yes, Officer and Gentleman. Great. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> Bull Durham also works, though. I think Bull Durham... Long, have- wet quiz- kisses that last two days. Bull Durham might be too sexy. Yeah. Because oh this my. is this is sexy, but not... It's not that sexy. Yeah. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I, thank you. Yeah. Your choice. Okay. Well, that collaboration, collaborative. That was, mm-hmm. we came to that together. Uh, and now our new favorite section. <laughs> the TGP. The TGP. The golden pample moves. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Isabel. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, actress's name, one more time, was, I've got it somewhere. Mm. I should have written that down. I liked her a lot. Me too. Well, I had to look it up and then I navigated to try to poor Hal's name, Tanya Reynolds. Tanya Reynolds. Who, as another person who has like six IMDb credits. So right, I hope Tanya this Reynolds. is the beginning of lots of great things. Write her. you down. That is a good call. I am not going to choose Tanya Reynolds. Um, I am going to do something that for no episode so far would I ever have done, which is really saying something. My choice for TGP of the week is Mr. Sam Fuson. I think he was so good in this episode. And it and he was he's been honestly really good all season. This season has been his but best. But he's been upstaged a little. So like we had our great Grant O'Rourke, Grant, Grandma O'Rourke, Grant O'Rourke scene in the first episode. And then we had Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and nobody can stand up to that. Right. <laughs> and and we met the great David Barry. Like we mm-hmm. had some great, great, great stuff. Um, and this is the first one where I felt like, nope, he was actually, actually gave the best performance in the episode. He was very He was good. great with everybody. He was great with the kid and that, and that was not the most polished child actor I've ever seen. And it's great to see him do nonverbal acting work where you can't see the wheels turning. Yes. It was always very like, well, now I'm thinking about what happens next. Yes. And th- that to me was a little bit of my problem in the first episode of season three. When he was done bonnet and all that stuff, just that That's weird. Two. That's episode two. Sorry, episode two. Because episode he, one is just him lying on a blanket and dying. Right, which right. He which was great. great. Which was yeah. great. But then the done bonnet, remember, we both were like, it's a little too much. A little You're much. trying too hard. But this one was kind of in it between. Was like it was good. He was mm-hmm. very. Um, he handled some really complicated stuff really well, and mm-hmm. I, it made me very excited for all the stuff that's going to happen because if he's operating on this level now. Um, then some of the really cool big things that are coming down the road, I think will be really, really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point, we need to say thank you to our Patreon patrons who are amazing and wonderful and financially generous. Uh, We should send you all a fan, but first we have to do the t-shirts. So thanks to Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, Flourish Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, Lara Magnuson, Friday Payton, Jen Lander Drunklin, Kathleen Moniz, Katie Kirshner, Catherine Galindo, Kiki the Wise, and Kara Marlowe. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, Of course, we want to thank all of our other Patreon patrons. Maybe we should start like listing one or two of them at random every week from the other categories. Can we possibly one day bring back a drunk dial? 
Yeah, of Would this course. ever be something we could uh, do? It's our great lost episode at the moment. It's I have to fucking... find the money. It's so silly. Um, but my, I had the copy on my computer and my computer died and I hadn't backed it up recently. So I have to send my computer to somewhere where no they can worries. try to get it off the solid state drive so that we can actually air it. But we did a great drunk dial. It was so drunk dial. Was, the comedy of errors in that experience I know. was just <laughs> we No, don't tease it. Don't tease it we'll though, just in case we never get it back. It. Um, we'll so if we, if we can't get it back, then we're going to have to just call those people. We're just going to have to redo it. But yeah. yeah, we will be drunk down with some of you in the future. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can get things like early access to episodes, bonus episodes right now. Patreon patrons have access to our live episode at wizard world. Um, something we'll release to everybody later, but it's going to be a bit, uh, we'll be doing more bonus episodes in the future. Um, if you join at the top level, we'll be printing t-shirts. Um, so you'll be able to get a t-shirt per season, which is going to be really fun. There are some other perks. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash podlander drunkcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at podlandercast or individually at Julie Starby. That's B E E at Allison Shue and at Pagel underscore Aaron. You really should just change your Twitter handle to Janine. But <laughs> Anyway, but I'll, I'm sure I'll you need to use it professionally. Out. Yeah, at some point. Um, talk you about can also too. find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast on both of those social media platforms. We do a little thing we call Your Welcome Wednesday, where we post a picture of a smoking hot person from the show. 90% Sam Hewen. And it's 90% Sam Hewen, but not exclusively. Yeah, I've, um, I've, I've branched out a couple of times. We've had a Dougal. We had a Grant Grant O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to have a David Barry at uh, some point. Fuck yeah, we are. This <laughs> man, he's a good looking fella. And, and you know what? At some point we're going to have to do Katrina. Oh yeah. Oh, well that won't be difficult. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a bad picture of her. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, Laura Donnelly. Your Laura Donnelly's. Oof. Ooh, what if I could find her with the pistols? <laughs> See, the possibilities are endless. I got thoughts. Um, anyway, we chat about things. We say funny things. Last week, Julie posted one of Sam Huon where it looked like he was sitting in front of a TARDIS, and we had a great conversation <laughs> as a result. <laughs> you can find us all of those places. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If We haven't said this in a while, but if you like the show... Please jump on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. And I know that sounds bogus because how could it possibly help? But it really helps to determine like how many people are going to find us in search and stuff. Uh, Or tell your friends or something because it's fun and we love doing it. Um, If you have thoughts, you can tell us on Twitter. And I think that's it. Are we doing Je suis spoiler? Uh, I mean, I don't really have any. I got nothing either because I didn't read the books. I mean, there are things we can talk about, but none of them that won't spoil things for you. So I'll probably save them until we do an episode with somebody else. Okay, so no, je suis spoilé. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but we'll say it a couple times. For those of you out here, there that were excited that was back, je suis spoilé. Je suis spoilé. Je suis spoilé. Je suis spoilé. Okay, thanks. Oh, and we were drinking Empirical Fusion's Cold Cream Ale. Yep. Uh, cold Fusion Cream Ale. Empirical Brewery. I just Exploring said Empirical the science of Fusion's Cold Cream Ale. Empirical Brewery's Cold Fusion Cream Ale. I'm so ready. Exploring the science of beer. There we go. <laughs> um, bye. Bye. Uh.